And we're back with another episode of The Anarchist Experience, episode 117, coming at you podcast only this week. As always, I'm your host, Mr. Rich E. Rich, along with uh, just me again. Uh, some personal issues uh, prevented MC from joining us this week, so I'm doing it a, a solo again. And as always, you know what that means. Uh, no phone calls, uh, no discussions, just Rich reading the news. Uh, so here we go. Let's get right into the headlines this week. Uh, here we go. From the top, Trump orders governments to stop work on Y2K bug 17 years later. Uh, headline, man charged with felony marijuana possession had no actual weed. Headline, Jeremy Corbyn, empty homes owned by Rich should be requisitioned for Grenfell Tower residence. Headline, cops refused to help man get his stolen truck, so he used Facebook and got it back himself. Uh, headline, it's confirmed. Without government subsidies, Tesla sales implode. Headline, do you have a constitutional right to follow the president on Twitter? Headline, how schooling crushes creativity. And finally, headline, cops set up elaborate scheme to charge Good Samaritan for returning lost cell phone. Uh, as you can see, luckily for me, uh, I did a lot of show prep this week, so we got a bunch of headlines for us to get into. Uh, so let's just get it started. All right, let's start with this one. Headline. How schooling crushes creativity. Uh, and the reason we start here, again, if you haven't pay, been paying attention, uh, I have my son for at least part of the summer, um, and I'm doing my best to convince him, to convince his family that uh, has him on a regular basis, to let him drop out of school and do some homeschooling on his own. Uh, so articles like this catch my eye, and then I want to talk about it. So how schooling crushes creativity. Uh, in 2006, educator and author Ken Robinson gave a TED Talk called Do Schools Kill Creativity? At over 45 million views, it remains the most viewed talk in TED's history. Robinson's premise is simple. Our current education system strips young people of their natural creativity and curiosity by shaping them into a one-dimensional academic mold. This mold may work for some of us, particularly, as he states, if we want to become university professors, but for many of us, our innate abilities and sprouting passions are best ignored and at worst destroyed by modern schooling. In his TED Talk, Robinson concludes, I believe our ho only hope for the future is to adopt the new conception of human ecology, one in which we start to reconstitute our conceptions of the richness of human capacity. Our education system has mined our minds in the way that we strip mine the earth for a particular commodity, and for the future, it won't serve us. We have to rethink the fundamental principle on which, on which we are educating our children. Education by force. Uh, Robinson echoes the concerns of many educators who believe that our current forced schooling model erodes children's vibrant creativity and forces them to suppress their self-educative instincts. In his book, Free to Learn, uh, Boston College psychology professor Dr. Peter Gray writes, in the name of education, we have increasingly deprived children of the time and freedom they need to educate themselves through their own means. We have created a world in which children must suppress their natural instincts to take charge of their own education and instead mindlessly follow paths to nowhere laid out for them by adults. We have created a world that is literally driving many young people crazy and leaving many others unable to develop the confidence and skills required for adult responsibility. Compelling research shows that when children are allowed to learn naturally, without top-down instruction and coercion, the learning is deeper and much more creative than when children are passively taught. A University of California at Berkeley professor Allison Gopnik 
finds in her studies with four-year-olds as well as similar studies out of MIT that self-directed learning, not forced instruction, elevates both learning outcomes and creativity. Gopnik's research involved young children learning how to manipulate a specific toy that would make a certain sound or exhibit certain features in a certain sequences. She found that when children were directly taught how to use the toy, they were able to replicate the results and quickly get to the right answer on their own by loosely mimicking what the teacher demonstrated. But when the children were instead allowed to learn without direct instruction to play with the toy, explore its features, and discover its capabilities on their own, they were able to get to the right answer in fewer steps than the taught children. The self-directed children also revealed other parts of the toy that could do interesting things, which the taught children did not discover. Gopnik summarizes this research in her Slate article stating, Perhaps direct instruction can help children learn specific facts and skills. But what about curiosity and creativity, abilities that are even more important for learning in the long run? While learning from a teacher may help children get to a specific answer more quickly, it also makes them less likely to discover new information about a problem and to create a new and unexpected solution. Learning, not schooling. Uh, conformity may have been the social and economic goal of the 19th century architects from the top-down compulsory schooling model, uh, but the 21st century economy demands creativity. We now need a learning model of education rather than a schooling one. As formal, former Google CEO Eric Schmidt stated, every two days we create as much information as we did from the dawn of civilization up until 2003. It is impossible to think that an archaic industrial model of forced schooling can keep pace with new, technologically-enabled information-saturated economy that requires agility, inventiveness, collaboration, and continuous knowledge sharing. A truly transformative 21st century education model will cultivate, rather than crush, human creativity. Uh, end of article. So as we talked about before, uh, my son's 11, and so he's uh, going into the, the sixth grade in the public education system. Um, and it bothers me uh, that, he, you know, to, to, to read stories like this and to know what he's headed for and to, for the most part, not completely powerless, but not have the influence required to do anything about that. Um, and since it's only the summertime, it's not like I'm out there making him read books and learn. But what I try to do is create those learning opportunities uh, when they come up. And so one of the things, you know, like they mentioned in the article is, you know, there, there's more than one way to do things. Uh, so I play a lot of video games. He plays a lot of video games. Um, and one of the things that, you know, because I'm uh, ahead of him, like, the, you know, in, in certain games, he wants to know, like, how to do it, like how to catch up, how to, how to, how to, how just to do it. And I go, well, just figure it out, man. You know, like do something, trial and error this thing. And, you know, rather than me just showing you a way, go and find out some ways uh, to, to accomplish, you know, the goal in the games. Um, and I think, you know, the, like the article says, that's the, the best thing I can do is, you know, just be hands off about it. Um, and out, outside of that video game realm, I get, you know, uh, crap, heat, stress um, from, uh, you know, other adults around me. Uh, you know, family members and family friends or whatever for being somewhat hands off, uh, you know, when it, when it comes to, to dealing with him, right. I go like, well, he's 11, you know, uh, he's, he can clearly figure things out on his own. Um, and he's capable of making choices, you know, on his own <laughs> and they may be bad choices, you know, and their natural consequences to bad choices, 
but it's not my place to, to, you know, demand that he do things a certain way or demand that he do certain things. Uh, so recently, um, like, you know, it, it's Father's Day today where we're recording. And yesterday we decided, you know, in advance of Father's Day, we'd like, you know, we'd go to the beach and go fishing with my stepdad. Um, so we had a, a whole day at the beach, which is why I'm recording a day later than we usually do the show. Uh, and, you know, one of the things is like, you know, okay, we're going to be out in the hot sun. You know, do you need sunscreen? And he ended up putting some on, but I didn't even ask because... A few weeks ago when he went swimming in, you know, his great grandma's pool, right? I said, hey, do you need sunscreen? And he went, no, no need. I went, okay, that is a personal choice, man. Like, I'm not going to force you to wear it, but you should know better. You know, having been swimming and been to the beach and, you know, living here, you know, the the dangers and the consequences of not wearing sunscreen. But he's like, you don't need it? All right, you don't need it. I'm not, you know, if I go in the water, I, you know, I, I wear uh, uh like a shirt, and then I, I sunscreen up, you know, the, the rest of me because I don't like being burnt. Um, but he's like, oh, no need. And so everything was fine. And then we went to uh, another friend of mine's house, and they also had a pool, and he went swimming in that pool. And because he had said, no, I don't need the first time, I didn't even bother asking the second time. It was like, eh, you know, you didn't need it the last time, you don't need it this time. And he got toasted, you know, and it was like, you know, not – not, you know, second, third degree burns, you know, not nothing that bad, but definitely like, oh my God, you can feel it and please don't touch me kind of burning. And, you know, so they got me like, why wasn't he wearing sunscreen? I'm like, well, you know, the last time I asked, he said he didn't need, so I didn't even bother asking. And then he, he makes up the little excuse like, well, the last time it wasn't as hot, you know? And I was like, well, then you should have asked for some this time. Like we had it, we could have given, you could have brought it with you when you packed up everything else, you know, the, that's the other thing, right? I go like, do you have everything you want? Do you have everything you need when you, when we leave the house? You know, if you don't bring it, I don't have it for you. So whatever you need, when we go, you should probably pack up now. Um, and then again, for me, you know, the natural consequences of that is, oh, I need this. And it's like, I'm sorry, man, you don't have it. I told you to pack and you didn't pack. You were, you were, you misprioritized, uh, what you were doing at the time when everyone else was getting ready, you know? you were catching Pokemon, uh, when everyone else is, you know, running through a mental checklist of what we need when we go out. Uh, and so they, you know, they, they get mad at me like, well, why don't you just pack it for him? I'm like, well, cause then, then, you know, where's the learning opportunity if I do everything for him, you know? Uh, so I'm, I'm real hands off with like, you know, lessons and stuff like that. Uh, and my fear is that they, the number one, they won't stick because he's only here for, you know, a month or two more. And then he goes back to, you know, his environment where everyone does stuff for him um, and then goes to, you know, school where everyone shows him how to do things, you know, the way uh, instead of figuring out many ways to do things. Um, but at the same time, like, I'm not going to change, you know, my model of behavior uh, to accommodate the stupidity of, you know, the, the public school system where he everything is done for him and everything, you know, and, and everything is shown for him how to do like the one way. So I'm a big fan of, you know, homeschooling, unschooling, self-directed learning and, you know, natural lessons, right? Like I'm not, you know, I'm not going to put them in, in harmful situations that are, you know, deadly or, you know, very damaging, but sometimes, you know, you, you get a little bump or a little bit of a bruise, uh, and you go like, wow, maybe that, maybe that wasn't the best way to do that. You know, we'll try something else the next time. So 
that's how I do it. That's how I roll. And that's why I don't like, you know, the, the one size fits all, uh, model of the public school system, uh, and the unfortunateness of having been surrounded, uh, by people who do. All right, moving right along headline man charged with felony marijuana possession had no actual weed. A Florida man arrested in North Carolina for felony possession of marijuana with intent to distribute, even though he had no pot in his possession at all. Into the article, uh, Jason Hume and his girlfriend, Jordana Colby, live in Fletcher, North Carolina, a very rural part of western North Carolina. The two were arrested by McDowell County Sheriff's Office in May on felony possession of marijuana with intent to sell and distribute, as well as possession of drug paraphernalia. The only problem with the charges is that there was absolutely no smokable marijuana plant matter in their possession. In North Carolina, marijuana arrests alone total in the tens of thousands each year. The result of such a tyrannical practice is morally innocent people like Colby and Hume losing their freedom over pieces of plant. With the rest of the country, uh, 29 states at last count, had its passed legislation legalizing marijuana in some form or another. North Carolina continues to celebrate its marijuana arrests. Aside from kidnapping and caging people for possessing a plant, North Carolina also conducts unconstitutional driver's license checkpoints. It was at one of these tyrannical stops where the couple was nabbed. Uh, Human Colby didn't submit to the driver's license checkpoint, but were told to get the fuck out of the car. The driver's license checkpoint was held in the early morning hours of May 1st, and that's when the authorities said they discovered 500 cannabis seeds separated into 50 packets, like pumpkin seeds can be found in any general store. Uh, Hume tells the Free Thought Project that he ordered the marijuana seeds legally off the internet and was told not to allow the seeds to germinate, which he didn't. He was simply keeping the seeds as a souvenir until he could relocate to a state where he could legally grow cannabis. Police also found cash in the truck, which gives them, according to law, probable cause to seize the funds. Uh, I had about $800 in cash in my wallet, my girlfriend about 200 in hers. They took all of that, and we haven't gotten any of that back. Interestingly enough, the police also confiscated uh, cannabis oil, uh, which is legal in the state of North Carolina. I wonder if they're not familiar with the laws in the, their own state, Hume said. The couple was considering taking up residence in North Carolina, but now they're looking for a more cannabis-friendly state. Holding up those relocation plans, however, is the county's decision to prosecute the two. Hume admits he had one other possession charge and is seeking counsel in how he should proceed with the new, more serious felony charge he's facing. He's really hoping to plea bargain for reduced charges and said having a felony conviction will hurt his chance to get into the legal cannabis industry in some other states, as most states require butt tenders to be felony conviction free. As it stands, Hume has a court date of July 19th. Until then, he cannot leave the state of North Carolina. He currently works as a cook at a restaurant in Asheville where his girlfriend, Jordana, is an assistant general manager. Hume wants our readers to attempt to try and wake up your friends and family to freedom and spread the word about voluntarism. Uh, Voluntarism is a belief that you own your body, you own yourself, and you have the last say as to how you treat your body. It's essentially just common sense. Uh, Hume said that the arresting officer was aggravated and upset there had been two overdoses in one week and was very angry that the fact he had to process the arrest paperwork. He wonders why the officer was so angry at him. After all, Hume said, cannabis is actually helping people get off opiates and other a- addictive substances. And Hume is right. As the Free Thought Project has pointed out in multiple articles, studies across the United States are showing that cannabis obliterates the opioid crisis. 
With their massive push against marijuana, it's no wonder that North Carolina has four cities in the top 20 of the entire country for opioid overdoses. It's kind of mind-boggling how I could get arrested with marijuana possession with the intent to distribute in light of the fact he had no THC-containing substances in his possession. If Hume goes to jail or prison, he'll be one more casualty in the failed war on drugs, which is now arresting people for the pot possession, even though they had no marijuana at all. Uh, end of article. Now, I bring up this article uh, for w- one main reason. Um, so I have a, a friend on Facebook, uh, and I don't remember how... I know I never met him in real life. I don't remember how we got together on Facebook, like through what group or what, you know, what mutual friends or whatever, uh, got us connected. Um, and you know, he, he's, he's a freedom fighter, right? The, the voluntarist, the libertarian stance and, and whatnot. And, uh, a few days before this article, he posts, uh, you know, you know, um, probably going to jail, everyone, you know, keep up the good fight for freedom for me. You know, I was like, Oh shit, man. You know, and, man, I'm sorry to hear that. You know, I, I don't know if I commented actually, but you know, I was thinking it. And then I find this article, same guy, you know, uh, Jason Hume. Um, and so it, 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 it the article itself really kind of hit home, uh, for me, uh, because it just shows, you know, that there are people out there, uh, you know, that, that I may not have met, but are still, you know, I'm going to say like fighting the good fight, right? He's, he's clearly, uh, doing the right thing, um, for freedom and, you know, and, and for, for his own personal well-being and, you know, trying to get a cannabis grow operation going and why not, if that's your thing, then go ahead and do it. You know, like I said, I'm all for it. Uh, I'm all for, I, I would have been fine if he was like just slanging real dope, uh, you know, voluntarily of course. Uh, and you know, but it just goes to show that the war on drugs hits home, uh, in a lot of places that you may not be paying attention to, right? You, it may not be someone you know uh, personally, but it might be someone you're friends with or built a relationship through any of these online communities uh, that we we happen to be a part of. Um, so I wanted to to get that out there, uh, just because again it was like a oh my god moment. Like this is the real situation of someone who just said like oh yeah I might be going to jail, you know keep up the good fight for me, you know see y'all in a decade, kind of a thing. It's like man that that kind of sucks. Uh, but at the same time, uh, again, it goes to show that the, the war on drugs and the war on freedom uh, is ridiculous and needs to be fought. You know, it, it was a little disheartening to read, you know, that he's looking to take a plea deal to, to keep out of whatever. Um, because I've always been a fan of, you know, f- no fight tooth and nail all the way to the very end. You know, if you did nothing wrong, uh, then why would, then why take a plea deal? Right. If, if, if you have no if you have no moral qualms and no, no moral weight resting on your shoulders, uh, you know, then, then why give in to the state in any form whatsoever? Right. I I forget who, ah, man, who was the quote by Henry David Thoreau or something like that. Uh, paraphrasing, cause I don't remember the quote basically said, you know, if, if, uh, you know, behind bars is where they put free people. Then, you know, as a free person behind bars is where I'll be to, you know, or some, or some extent of that message. Um, and to me, I took that to heart, right? And like, I, I am free in my mind and I am free as much as I possibly can in my physical activities. Uh, but in, in no way am I compromising uh, my moral and ethical positions. Uh, and, if, and if you want to, you know, throw me in jail for doing something that you deemed illegal, but I don't have uh, any moral, uh, any moral or ethical problems with, well, then by all means, put me in jail. 
right? Like I don't, you know, if that's if that's the place for 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 free people, for free thinkers, for freedom activists, well then occupy jail, right? I've said that before too. Occupy jail, fill that fucker up, um, because they can't house us all, uh, and eventually the the system breaks down, right? Um, but I also know that you know the you know to some to some extent, right? You know, uh, uh, at, even as an atheist, right? The the body is just a vessel. Right. I, 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 I can be free in my mind and know that I've done all I can do to be free uh, in body. Uh, but if other people are going to choose to to kidnap me, to cage me, uh, to house me in, in their facilities for however long they deem necessary, um, then I, I will take a physical sabbatical, uh, but keep my mind sharp and focused uh, and, and enlighten those others, uh, unfortunately, behind bars to the ways of freedom and liberty. So that when they get out, maybe they will, you know, be able to, to fight on for us, you know, and, and build a, you know, I'm, I'm going to call it an army, build an army of freedom thinkers uh, and freedom activists who, you know, are, are sick and tired of the, the way things are going and the way things are. And will do whatever it takes to, to fight back, to push back against the, the aggressions of the state, um, you know, and, and by whatever means necessary. Um, so yeah, to, so, so taking a plea deal like that, you know, eh, whatever you, everyone does, what's right for them. I'm not going to be too harsh or too judgmental. Um, uh, but I, I would like, a you know, uh, uh, a not guilty plea and then a, a tooth and nail battle, uh, to the end to prove that, you know, you're innocent, not just on legal grounds, but moral, ethical, uh, and, and freedom grounds as well. Um, so good luck out there. Uh, and I, I will pay more close attention uh, to, you know, to, to the posts coming through now, uh, from liberty minded freedom activists out there, uh, you know, when, when they're talking, you know, maybe, you know, maybe it's time and it's difficult because even here locally, right. We, you know, we've got, you know, mutual friends here, uh, you know, freedom, freedom fighters here locally here in, in Hawaii, where we do the show from. And I've, I've managed to not make the time, uh, to, to meet up with them in real life either. And, you know, I've, I've reached out to a few and, you know, They've been busy or whatever, um, but you know the 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 gathering must commence, right? We we must get together uh, in real life, wherever you are too, right? Wherever your local freedom activist community happens to be, just you know get together uh, and and start doing things, right? Start p- pushing that freedom agenda, start pushing uh, those agorist businesses out there, start start trading in the cryptos, right? Like like MC likes to talk about all the time, and just let's let's make this movement happen. Uh, to, to, for the benefit of freedom, for the benefit of liberty, for the benefit of, of humankind, uh, and, you know, push back, uh, against, uh, all state in, encroachments and aggressions. Headline, Trump orders government to stop work on Y2K bug 17 years later, uh, 17 years after the year 2000 bug came and went, the federal government will finally stop preparing for it. Uh, The Trump administration announced Thursday that it would eliminate dozens of paperwork requirements for federal agencies, including an obscure rule that requires them to continue providing updates on their preparedness for a bug that afflicted some computers at the turn of the century. As another example, the Pentagon will be freed from a requirement that it file a report every time a small business vendor is paid, a task that consumed some 1,200 man hours every year. We're looking for stuff everyone agrees is a complete waste of time. Office of Management and Budget Director Mick Mulvaney told reporters at the White House he likened the move to the government cleaning out our closets. 
Deregulation is a major ambition of President Donald Trump's agenda. As one example, he has signed more laws rolling back his predecessor's regulations than the combined total of the three previous presidents since the process was established by the 1999 Congressional Review Act. Seven of the more than 50 paperwork requirements the White House eliminated on Thursday dealt with the Y2K bug, according to a memo uh, OMB released. Officials at the agency estimated that changes could save tens of thousands of man-hours across the federal government. The agency didn't provide an estimate on how much time is currently spent on Y2K paperwork, but Linda Springer, an OMB senior advisor, acknowledged that it isn't a lot since those requirements are already often ignored in practice. Mulvaney said he hopes that by publicly eliminating the rules, departments and agencies will be inspired to review their own policies and procedures to reduce inefficiencies. Many agencies have forgotten how to deregulate, he said. It's been so long since somebody asked them to look backwards. The effort isn't intended to reduce the federal workforce, Mulvaney said, but should free up uh, employees for more productive tasks. He said his agency would begin a second review of requirements imposed by presidential executive order and by Congress with the hopes of identifying more that could be eliminated. Uh, end of article. All right, this one just gave me a chuckle. Uh, because, you know, how, how often, um, you know, do, do uh, budget crises come up and then, you know, they, they shut down, you know, they, they close down non-essential services, uh, you know, for, for, for government activities. Like, well, you know, and the question is always, you know, what, what were those, why are we paying for those services anyway if they're non-essential, right? Why are we paying, you know, for, for people to report on the Y2K bug? And why, I, I use the term we loosely. Uh, right and and collectively, right? Uh, why why are they stealing our 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 money and extorting us through taxes and all, and all that uh, to pay for this nonsense? Uh, and this is just another example of you know one of those nonsense things that government does, uh, like report for the the you know the the Y two K bug. Um, I think it was in a Chicken Soup for the Soul book a while ago. I was reading, uh, you know, one of those stories. And it was uh, about, you know, like uh, a piece of paperwork that had been, you know, copied uh, and copies have been made upon copies of, of copies. Um, so the, the original form that the, the government office used was kind of faded and worn out and no one really had uh, an original document anymore. Um, they just had, you know, the, the copies of copies. And, you know, there was always a box, you know, that, that was that needed to be checked. Right. Whenever you filled out this form, check that box. Um and, you know, some, some, you know, newbie probably got curious, like, why do I, what, why do we always check that box? Like what's, why does that box need to be checked? Um, you know, when, when no one knows what the box is for, uh, and no one can read it, you know, what, what it used to say, you know, as far as why we check that box. Um, and so he did some digging and a little bit of research and apparently the box itself went back to, you know, like World War II or World War One or two, one of those wars. Uh, you know, it was a box that needed to be checked, uh, you know, to, to avoid like the air raid siren or something like that. Something to that effect. I don't remember the exact story. But it was an air raid siren box. You know, long after the air raid sirens have, you know, come and gone as far as a, a way to, uh, you know, notify uh, people about what's going on. They still had this box being checked and no... And again, not even ignored for the most part, right? Like, you know, like in the article, this was, you know, the box was still being checked decades later because no one in the government, uh, you know, made the official change uh, to figure out what this box was for, why it needs to be checked, and can we stop doing that, please? Um, so, 
So this is just another example of, of that nonsense as well, right? You know, yes, we, we, we fill out our paperwork as government employees and uh, no update on the Y2K bug, right? <laughs> right? No, no further information provided. Uh, for, a dec- for, for, you know, for over a decade, for 17 years, uh, they're reporting on something that is of no consequence, uh, no impact, and no necessity whatsoever. Uh, and, and none of those lower-level bureaucrats right, are, are, are smart enough or worthy enough or have the initiative enough to do something about that, right? You know, say what you want about Trump, and I'm not a fan, right? But, this, but at, least, at least he's the one going like, you know, maybe we don't need to, 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 to do anything with this Y2K thing anymore. Can we just, can we stop, can we eliminate that, right? Um, and, and from a freedom, you know, liberty anarchist perspective, uh, any sort of deregulation is probably a good thing. Uh, almost guaranteed a good thing um, and just just get you know get the state out of one more thing um, so you know not uh, you know uh, uh, praise where praise is due uh, to to put an end to, to this nonsense and whatever other nonsense uh, that you know the article was mentioning in passing um, but just just imagine you know if, if you're out there paying your taxes uh, going about your daily business going like oh no we need the government we need the state to do this and then do for whatever. Um, this is what it gets you. This is exactly what it gets you, uh, is, is nonsense like this and non-essential services continue to go on and a whole bunch of, of unnecessary functions that they do just to stay in business. Right. And it pains me uh, to hear that kind of rhetoric, you know, uh, more locally from family members who, you know, despite my, uh, concerns, uh, you know, still, still work for the state. Uh, you know, the, the big, the big S state, right. Whether it's the, the local state or the federal state, um, they still work there and you know, that they have their little conversations and I hear them in passing about, Oh no, we have to buy a whole bunch of stuff because otherwise we don't get our budget for next year increased. It's like, in that's why that, that bringing that home, right. Bringing that mentality from work home, uh, is, you know, can't be good. You know, if you're running your household, with, with those, uh, with those thoughts and, and, you know, budgetary concerns in mind. Oh no, we have to spend the whole paycheck. You know, we have to spend it all. Otherwise we don't get any more money. It's just so financially backwards, um, that I just, I, I, I can't figure it out. And so el- eliminating any sort of that nonsense, uh, probably for the best. Um, so pray, you know, credit where credit is due. Uh, thank you, Donald Trump, uh, for, for getting rid of the requirements to report on the Y2K bug. All right. You know what? It's Father's Day. Um, I'm, I'm getting a little long-winded here, to, you know, just reading through articles. It's, it's a little more difficult without having MC or anything particularly standing out for me. So I'm going to cut this show in half. Uh, we're going to wrap this baby up right now so I can get back to the, you know, the, the Father's Day festivities and shindig stuffs. Uh, so half show today. Uh, you know, maybe I'll title it, you know, one one sixteen and a half. Or something like that. Uh, who knows? Um, but you guys know where to find us. Uh, AnarchistExperience.com. Facebook.com slash AnarchistExperience. Join the discussion in the groups. Facebook.com slash groups slash AnarchistExperience. Uh, and if you want to contribute to Patreon, you know, contribute half as much as you normally would. Uh, Patreon.com slash TheAnarchistExperience. Um, sorry if you were listening to the rest of the articles and wanted to hear more about that. Maybe I'll just save them for another show. Uh, thank you very much for listening. And we'll talk to you all next week. Peace.